0: Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. I didn't have a playbook starting out. I had to learn everything the hard way. The good news is you don't have to. Great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Let's get to work.
1: Yeah, I get one to you. I was listening to your your episodes before this. One with uh, Earl and Bennett
0: I was listening to. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, good stuff. Yeah, I keep things pretty... I try to keep them pretty casual. You know, I'm not a podcast host by any means. It's more just the conversation usually interests me. So, you know, I yeah. ask a bunch of questions and it, and it works out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: that's I, all I'll, a podcast is. I always try to think of it from like a business owner that doesn't have any sales or sales teams or sales experience. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always trying to like, Yeah. sometimes we'll talk about high level, you know, sales stuff and I'll just kind of like dumb it down if I can. Just for the yeah. people, you know, cause I get a range of people that listen to it, you know, cause I'm in the apex okay. network. You know, there's a bunch of people that'll just listen to it cause it's me. Right. And then yeah. there's, but there's a bunch of people that are just getting into building sales teams that are, or j- nice. just about to hire their first salesperson, you know, and so, nice. that's cool. Anyways, so when yeah, did you, uh, another. in this journey, when did you and your wife get married? Um,
1: 2016, actually after my first summer of doing solar, I
0: was, was going to say, so she's been with you from, uh, from the get, huh? From your yeah, solar pretty
1: career. much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Moved into a little apartment. There's still like rep housing. So we're living with like two other couples just crammed in an apartment. Gotcha. uh, So, so was she,
0: was she a a rep also?
1: No, she was working in like the finance department. So she was, uh,
0: just kind of, um,
1: I don't know, running the, making sure the deals got funded and stuff like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, collecting from the lenders and everything. Was this so she was doing that for a couple of years?
0: Was this uh, Bennett and Brent's company, or is this a different company?
1: This is different. This is before Bennett and Brent. Gotcha. It's the first company I was with.
0: Gotcha. And then, uh,
1: but yeah, then once we had kids, she's yeah, she didn't do it anymore. Just because she was only kind of working part time, and then California, it's mm-hmm. like I don't know, daycares cost an arm and a leg, so I might as well just yeah. stay home. You know.
0: I can't even imagine, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Like it, it was bad when we, cause I have three kids, uh, eight, 10, 11. And when we started oh. out, we, we had that moment where we were like, if you just stay home, it's almost as much as if you're working, you know what I'm saying? Like the cost yeah. of daycare is like three quarters of what you're getting paid. Even, cause we had three kids in daycare at one time. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah,
1: I know. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been good been all right so you never did uh solar until like just barely right you're doing solar now
0: yeah about eight months ago um okay been in in direct sales since shoot what is it now 2011 um but uh yeah solar just recently and so okay. we're, we're kind of going through all the the new company stuff new sales org solar stuff i i guess you could say yeah gotcha sure. all right That's man cool, we'll man. we'll get rolling here
1: Okay, cool. So, Sorry, I forgot. So you want to interview me first and then yeah. meet you after?
0: Yeah, we'll okay. knock out yours first. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> All right, good deal, guys. I got Taylor Armstrong here. He's a solar sales expert and solar trainer. Uh, Taylor started his career back in 2016 with about 50 bucks. Sounds like a lot of us entrepreneurs started out that way with just a, yeah. a wad of cash in our pocket. Um, yeah. But then fast forward to 2019, he closed 150 deals in 19. And then uh, also had his personal best eight closes in a week and four in a day. He's also the host of Solopreneur's podcast. And uh, you guys are up to how many episodes now?
1: Yeah, um, I think we're at 240 about. So yeah, it's been been going a little bit.
0: And you've just, you just been winging it. We were just talking about it before we got rolling here. Just $80 mics and just plug it into yeah. the laptop and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No
1: super low production because I don't know about you, Doug, but for me that's what was holding me back. So I'm like, uh, I gotta make this high production, it has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And the moment the moment I finally started getting traction was when I'm just like, all right, screw it. I'm just gonna roll with whatever. I'll just record on my phone with i have to. I'm not gonna like make it perfect. I'm just gonna get it done.
0: Yeah, I can and I can that's re- what it took, man. yeah, I can relate to that a lot. I mean, I, I went the opposite route, right? i hired the consultant. You know what I mean? Cause in my, in my network, we had a a guy that like is a podcast host of like nationally syndicated podcasts. Right. Uh, and cool. so he kind of gives you the roadmap and everything. And you know, it, it wasn't too bad. It was like all the equipment together was like 15 to $1,800. I think somewhere around there. Now yeah. I did just order a podcast trailer though. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going all in, man. It turns out I, I really enjoy this stuff, but let's get back to you, brother. Yeah, um, yeah. let's talk about the moment. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of people that listen to this show want to know how to recruit, I guess, top yeah. level people. And, yeah. you know, obviously when you got into solar, you weren't, I mean, it, it says you struggled to close accounts and back in 2016, yeah. but, uh, in terms of, values. I'm guessing you were a top level person going into the business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, for me, it's just always been having that improvement mindset. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, back to the podcast, three, one of the biggest reasons I started it is cause I knew I wasn't like the top rep. Mm-hmm. I've never really been like the top rep. I don't know. I've won a few, I guess, competitions, but mm-hmm. that was a smaller company I was at. And so, I don't know. I'm just like, all right, I need to like just constantly be up leveling myself. And I just started having these interviews on the podcast, just learn from the heavy hitters. So, I think if you have that growth mindset <clears throat> for people that are listening, maybe they're a leader, maybe they're a sales rep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something to be said. You don't necessarily have to be the top guy. But if you can just have the growth mindset, always be learning, be publishing. I know you talk about this a lot uh, too, Doug, just kind of documenting the journey. You're going to attract people into that. And so for me, um, there's people on my team that are selling way more accounts than I am right now, still Mm -hmm. trying to catch up and learning from them. But I'm still bringing in people every week that some of them are better than I am just because they're seeing me put myself out there. Yeah. They're seeing me constantly be learning. I still pay for training, I still pay for coaching, mentoring, all that good stuff, even though I've been doing this 6 years and um, you know, I've had a ton of high level guys on the podcast. So, um that's what I would say. I can't remember exactly what the question was. Was that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I completely understand. That's that's the nice thing about uh having your own podcast and and Thomas Keenan, uh one of my mentors told me this one time. He's like uh The best thing about having your own podcast is you get free consulting, right? So you've had all these guys on your podcast that are, like, freaking, you know, nationally known in in solar and in door-to-door in general, you know what I mean? Whether they own the company or they're the top rep at their company, and you can just take little nuggets from them in every podcast, you know what I'm saying? And then there's an exchange, obviously. You're getting their name out there, and, you know, they're going to get to share it on their social media and stuff like that, and it's a recruiting tool for them. So, no, but I I believe in that 100%. Has that helped you a lot in your, uh, recruiting journey? I mean, I, I guess, where are you at in all of that right now? Are you just individual sales rep? You're kind of focusing on your own high production or do you have a team?
1: Yes, yeah, so I have a team and, um, funny enough, you actually had the two guys on your podcast. I think I'm sure you have other guys in the pipeline, but mm-hmm. the two guys I was working with Bennett Maxwell and then Earl Capulli. Yeah, Um, we're running a team together. And um, so if you haven't heard those podcasts, your listeners can go back and kind of listen to that whole story. But long story short, Bennett sold that company, the company that uh, Earl and I were running the team for. And he sold it to another company called Future Home Power. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's who I'm with right now. And yeah, not gonna lie, it wasn't the smoothest transition. There definitely were some, uh, you know, rocks in the road and everything and things didn't go quite as smoothly as we hoped i can imagine um, but no. yeah yeah but anytime you're trying to merge two cultures and difference um you know sales teams and i think there's i don't i don't know with anyone it's probably not the smoothest but uh yeah so i'm running the team with them i've got so i guess i'm i don't know you could call it managing the team mm-hmm. of the of the guys we had before we don't have a lot of them back but yeah i'm good news is with the platform, with the podcast, bringing in guys every week. So I would say I'm still, uh, managing, I don't know if they give me the official title, but I'm still just running kind of with my guys. Um, just making it happen here in San Diego. Awesome. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's great to hear. And so, uh, the podcast is definitely one of those huge recruiting tools. So if somebody, you know, wants to get into, uh, recruiting for their sales team, whether it's construction, whether it's solar, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. uh, A podcast is really one of the tools for that. And that I didn't think about that when I started it originally, I started it in order to get uh, clients for consulting, you know, and then Mm -hmm. they would be able to kind of listen to my podcast, see if they align with me and then eventually hire me to help them build sales teams. And then, but what it's turned into is this huge recruiting tool. Because once they see you have your own podcast, they go listen to it, and if they align with you, then all of a sudden they want to work with you and your company, whether it be an affiliate or uh, directly as a as as a salesperson. So,
1: yeah, and I'd say with that too, it's like if you, if your listeners want to go start a podcast, I don't think that that should necessarily be like the goal. Oh, I'm only going to do this because I want to recruit guys. Right. It's like you got to have the mindset of oh, I don't care if no one's listening to this. I'm just gonna do it, put myself out there, do it for a year straight and see what happens. Because you know how it is, when you first starts, well, especially in my case, where I'm just pretty much recording from my phone, I don't Mm -hmm. really have much sales experience yet. And so you gotta do it for a long time before you're generating results. And so if I would've thought, oh, I'm going to do this just to recruit guys, I didn't see a recruit for probably a year, year and a half off of this. Like not, not many people are listening. Gotcha. So I just think that's something that people need to understand. You don't really do it for that right off the bat. That mm-hmm. can be kind of the side benefit, but you just got to think of it. Okay. I'm going to grow this. I'm going to get as much as I can from the guests and benefit that way, but I'm okay with no one listening. You got to be okay with zero people listening for, I would say like a year. Um, Absolutely. Because so many people just throw in the towel, you know, just cause they're like ah, oh, this just takes too much time. No one's listening. So something to be well, about that for sure.
0: There's levels to it, right? Because You know, when you recruit someone right now, or not when you recruit them, but when they they hear about you or they hear about your podcast and they go and listen and they see that you've got 250 episodes, you know what I mean? There's a huge amount of credibility that comes with that. Forget that it's a podcast. You've done something 250 times, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how hard is it for people to stay consistent for that long? And you've been doing it for what, two years now? or two and a half years. years, Two and a half years now. I mean, most people haven't done anything for two and a half years, you know, other than wake up, sleep, eat, you know what I mean? The normal human stuff, yeah. right? Um, for real. And so that's, that, that's a huge deal, I feel yeah. like. And then there's also like, you know, one of my other mentors, Ryan Stuman, he's the owner of uh, Break Free Academy and uh, Apex, which yeah. is a, a, a highly successful mastermind. Um, he had been posting every day. On social media since 2011, I think, and uh, he has something over like a thousand podcast episodes between his um, between his Rewire uh, and Harco Closer podcast, something like over a thousand wow. podcast episodes. But yeah. you know, if you were to ask him, he would he would say he didn't really blow up until like the last three or four years. You know, yeah. so he spent what is that like five six years posting every day not caring if he got three or four likes. I mean, obviously he's seeing them and he'd like to get more, but it's like he, no matter what, he was consistently doing it every day. And then, so it's like, well, shoot, I should have started a year ago. I should have started two years ago. Well, you should start now. You know what I mean? And then in even six months, you know, you'll see that consistency over and over again. And then you'll have enough legitimacy that when people go and look you up and they want to know about you, they'll see, six months of post or six months of podcast episodes or six months of YouTube episodes, whatever your platform is that you want to dive into that. So that consistency is huge.
1: Yeah. And no, the other, other thing is I'm just going to say, I mean, anyone that starts on the beginning, you're probably going to suck really bad at <laughs> first anyways. It's so like for me, I don't care. If, I mean, the first episode that no one was listening is probably a good thing because they were so <laughs> bad that people are like, wow, I'm never going to listen to the show again. <laughs> if it goes through. So that's why I think and if you do it for a year, then either way, you're, um, you know, you're increasing your skill level in podcasting or in Facebook Live or in publishing, whatever you're doing. And then by the time you actually have an audience, hopefully it's to the level where you've made so much improvement in that first year or however long you've been posting that by the time people like start seeing what you're doing, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy, he's had a practice tell he's been doing this for a little bit versus you just coming right off the bat and, you know, sucking and then people are like, Oh, I never want to listen to the show again. So I think that's an <laughs> there's important There's
0: a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of truth to that. you know, once yeah. you put in a thousand reps, you know, your your dialect gets so dialed in. You know what I mean? When I was when I yeah. listened to the first few episodes, even to now, which it hasn't been that big of an improvement, but I can still hear it, there's a lot more uhs and ums and uh yeah you know what I means? <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm real bad. I'm real bad about yeah. that. So whenever I release an episode, I'll I'll listen to it myself and kind of like critique myself and then take yeah. those mental notes, store them in the subconscious. And then the next time I can do better. Yeah. I'm smart. So, so I'm curious, um, you see, there's the, um, <laughs> I'm curious what got you interested in joining, uh, Bennett and, uh, Brent's team and, and Earl, I guess Earl was already on the team by the time that they recruited you.
1: Yeah. Um, it's funny. They kind of approached me to join the team actually before Earl and run the team and all that. Okay. But I was kind of like, uh, no, I was did, pretty hesitant and all that. How did
0: they hear about you? Uh,
1: I mean, well, where did they funny, find you? Funny enough through the podcast. Uh, oh, okay. Fact. And so, yeah, I mean, that's another kind of door opens. Just so many connections get made and. doors open up opportunities and so yeah i mean um bennett had just heard a few of my podcasts and he hit me up he's like taylor i'm i'm actually moving to san diego to do solar can you we meet up and Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i'll like you know take you out to lunch whatever and you just tell me a little bit about about the market and everything and then yeah he of course takes me out and kind of like pitches me a little bit on looking for someone to run the team and um yeah i mean Bennett, he's really good at just kind of selling the vision, but, uh, the timing just wasn't quite right yet. Um, i was still kind of committed at my other previous company, okay. but yeah, he just did a really good job at staying in touch. And I think for anyone that's trying to recruit, that's one of the secrets right there is just especially higher level guys. You're hardly ever going to get them right off the bat, right? right? It's more something you have to nurture. You have to stay in touch. You have to. I'm always be just, I don't know, keeping in contact, going out Mm -hmm. to lunch every year or whatever. Cause you never know when things are going to change. You never know when there's going to be issues with the company. You never know when there's going to be issues maybe with pay or something goes down and who are they going to go to? They're going to go to the people who stay in touch with them, right? People who they know, like, and trust. Yeah. And so that's exactly what Bennett did. I mean, it was only probably like three months. It wasn't even that long, maybe three months after we'd first talked Mm -hmm. and, um, there's some more issues came up in my company. So I'm like, all right, Bennett, let's, uh, let's go out to lunch again. Let's kind of sit down talk numbers and all that. And then, uh, we made it. And then it's funny. He already brought Earl to lead the team at that point. So I'm like, I'm like, dude, I want to, I want to you like, lead the team, but I ended up working out great because Earl he's, uh, for, you know, as you know, he's kind of more on like the mindset yeah. side of things and super good at motivating rep, super good at just uh, pulling back the curtains and figuring out what's going going on behind the scenes. And I was more just kind of like the tactical, I guess get on, do this, talk to this many people, say this. So I think we had kind of a good yin and yang going in, you know, did pretty good. Obviously only went for a year and wish it could have gone longer, but Mm -hmm. hey, Bennett loves cookies. So (laughs) 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 that's very
0: (laughs) true. That's very true. Those are some, you know, I had the sugar cookie and I was like, okay, it's a good cookie or whatever. And then I had that chocolate one, with like the melty filling. Oh, and I was just good. like, Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous right here. Uh, no. So, yeah. uh, so two, two things, you know, I'm kind of getting from that one. It's like you said, Hey, it's not about the initial meeting and you got to close them right there, especially the, the higher performers, right? It's about yeah. nurturing that relationship and, and, and genuinely taking an interest in them. I, I feel like, you know, to take it one step above that, just being a cheerleader for them, you know, and yeah. then, and, you should be that way with everybody you meet in general. Right. And I've met a lot of people over the last six months Been traveling like crazy, networking like crazy. And now they're popping up in my social media feeds and stuff like that. And so I'm liking their posts and I'm commenting on them and just supporting them as humans. Right. Yeah. And when you do that more often than not, whether they have a niece or a nephew or they have, or that they themselves, or they have friends, you know what I mean? that are looking for an opportunity. They come your way. Right. Nah. And so you being that, that rainmaker in sales, it allows you to be that rainmaker in recruiting, too, when you're just champion, being a champion for people in general, right? And then yeah. the second thing is he brought Earl to the meeting. And yeah. so, you know, one of the things we do in our uh, meetings is what we call them. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of people come in and listen to the opportunity is we will literally grab one of the uh, like uh, middle management type people, like an assistant manager you know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're like a team, uh, a field general, right. We'll grab one of them and kind of just have them tell their story. You know what I'm saying? From the time that they, Mm -hmm. before what they did before they came to the company, what it was like, you know, during and where they're at now. Right. And that kind of gives, gives the people there some quick context. So, you know, Earl was able to do that, do that for you and kind of solidify your, your decision. What do you think you know, you just were having issues at the other company. And then again, you said that, uh, he kept in touch. Was there anything else that kind of made you make that decision in the moment?
1: Um, well, yeah, I mean, Earl was kind of part of it too, Mm because I knew Earl was a high level guy and like I had learned a lot from Earl, just following him on social media. So I think that's another thing too, is maybe there's an opportunity, but, um, you don't really see much traction going on. But all it took was kind of one domino falling. And I'm like, oh, wow, Earl just joined this. And that kind of gave me the social proof in my head. I'm like, okay, well, Earl's a super high-level guy. He's been running teams. I know he already has a successful company. But if he's going to put his company to the side and join up with Bennett and Brent and do what they're doing, seems like, I don't know, pretty legit to me. And so, yeah, just being able to learn from him and the opportunity to start and grow a team. Um, just kind of from scratch with them and them selling the vision and obviously for um, kind of what they did, but just the mixture that they did with the marketing and then the door knocking. I just like how they had that kind of combination between door knocking and marketing and uh, follow up, all that good stuff. Cause I was always pretty interested in just kind of the marketing side too. And online leads along with door knocking. So just opportunity to learn from a guy like Brent, that was really high level marketing and being all follow up with the leads, um, yeah, things just kind of fell in the place and yeah, it was a great opportunity for me for. sure.
0: Awesome. So let's talk about that a little bit uh, a little bit about bridging the gap between marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. how have you experienced that done well?
1: Um yeah, well, like I said, I learned a lot from just working with Bennett and Brent, mm-hmm. but uh and yeah, f- um, maybe you can have him on the podcast in the future, but Brent, he has a whole program just around like following up with leads and, um, he was really helping us implement that. But, uh, just cause I think you probably seen as Doug, but so many guys in door to door, they're just like, all right, if I knock this, um, if they say no, I can't close them. I've never just talked yeah. this out to the side. I don't care. And for me, that's how it was for the first probably three, four years of selling solar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't even like keep track of my leads. If I didn't close them. I'm like, all right, on to the next one. They're dead to me. <laughs> Where, yeah, I know. But then the thing is, you go back to these neighborhoods, and those same people you didn't close, they now had solar on their roof. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is going on here? He just, he They're obviously still him. interested. You just primed them
0: yeah. for the next guy.
1: <laughs> I know. So I'm like, I got them interested for someone else to come in and just close them up. And so that's why it just kind of started to interest me. I'm like, why am I not hanging on to this data? I mean, there's so much power if you have like the emails, the phone numbers, and then just constantly looping back around. So that's some of the things that Brent helped us do is just implement processes um, to not only knock the door, but then once you have that information, mm-hmm. if you can't set an appointment with, that's the other thing. A lot of times these people, like, they wouldn't even sit down with an appointment, right? They would ghost us on an appointment, and uh, we'd never see them again just because I wouldn't follow up with them. But a lot of times it wasn't because they weren't, in, weren't interested. It just, you know, timing was off. They had stuff going on. Where if I would have like followed up with them maybe even a week that yeah. could have been like a laydown sell a lay down close. So yeah that's kind of what got me interested is just trying to bridge that gap and improving the follow-up systems. So I talk about it in my podcasts quite a bit but I think the easiest way to get started with it is um, rep card. I'm sure you've seen rep card yeah but it's just uh, yeah it's you know an app you can send people a digital business card. It sends uh, it like tracks who actually opens your card tracks who watches all the videos the content in there and then it allows you to like follow up with people so you can see it's kind of like a CRM but I think it's great for door- to-door guys because it's like so basic you know a lot of us door-to-door guys um, I mean I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed so it's like anything that's super basic super easy to work. I think that's the best way to get started is do something like that. And then it can just follow up with your customers automatically, you know, send them texts and
0: schedule mm-hmm. things, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that That is a really cool tool. I didn't realize it was a CRM also. I just thought it was just like a digital business card. I didn't really use it at SolarCon because I had my own uh, phone sites product that uh, yeah. I use for that. But now yeah. I I just want to point something out. You guys heard me say earlier because Taylor's playing himself down a little bit, I feel like here. He closed 150 deals in a year. So just to give you some context, right? Our top month, you know, and I I started eight months ago, but I have a whole company, right? I got four closers and like five setters, okay? Mm -hmm. Our best month has been 11 closed deals. So let's do some math here real quick, all right? Taylor closed 150 in one year, so divided by 12. That's 12.5 a month. That's more than my whole company is closing right now you know what i'm saying so now granted we've gotten better we closed 7 last week so hopefully nice. we beat taylor's yeah. individual number soon <laughs> but i just i just want to provide creative. some context there that uh, taylor <laughs> taylor's a beast and uh, so don't listen to him when he downplays himself right there
1: <laughs> but <laughs> I well no it's tough cuz like guys are doing that in 6 months now so like solar. I mean, a, but
0: they have things like
1: game,
0: like Brent's product that you were talking about, yeah. and um, yeah, we're we're a client now. After SolarCon, yeah. I saw his product. I was like, I want that. And so what it is? Yeah. It's called Extreme Follow Up. And um, mm-hmm. if you guys saw any of the social media from SolarCon, you saw these. Uh, I love Fu money. Well, yeah. what well, that really means? I love follow up money, right? <laughs> but we all know <laughs> yeah. Fu money from. From uh Killing Me Softly that that movie, but uh or no no, it was from oh the one with Matt Damon. And you uh, may be too young for this, but uh, yeah. it's it's where he's like an oil sur- oil surveyor, and he gets people to sell their land to the oil companies. And he goes okay. on this whole speech in a bar about fu money. Anyways, look it up, okay. Matt Damon, fu money, right? <laughs> okay. And, and play it for your guys; they'll love it. Yeah, okay. that's a yeah. really cool yeah. scene. You. But anyways, um, it's called Extreme Follow-Up, and we just got set up with it the other day. So what we did, and what they specialize in is taking the leads that you've already called maybe a few times or followed up with, and, and getting some activity out of them through email, text, uh, and retargeting. And so we sent them all, I think we, we have like 600 leads or so since we started that haven't been oh, closed yeah. And so half of them are from marketing, half of them are from the doors. And it's exactly what you said. You know, we get that information, we set the appointment, customer doesn't show. And now through Brent's system, we're getting more activity from them and they're they're starting to reschedule and reset appointments. Yeah. So it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a really cool program. If you get the chance, to check it out. And it's one of those yeah. things, it doesn't matter what industry it is. Uh, really, home services is what they specialize in, but this dude is a CRM genius. He can do it in any industry. So just wanted yeah. to plug Brent there real quick since you were hyping him <laughs> up over there, but now yeah, that's good. That's and- awesome. I appreciate you walking us through that. Cause that, that's a big deal, you know, uh, coming yeah. from, from door to door cable, which is the bulk of, of my career. You know, we were absolutely like that. We were impulse by, you know, we didn't follow up with customers cause we could go out to the next door and get another one. in, you know, 20 minutes, you know, Right. So switching yeah. to this higher quality sale, longer sales cycle, you know what I mean? Switching to, to the solar has been somewhat of a challenge for us. We've done B2B sales in the past, so there was some of that pipeline stuff, but solar is, mm-hmm. is, a, is a whole other animal. It's a, anywhere from 40 mm-hmm. to, you know, some of the systems that I'm sure you've sold are over $100,000. So yeah. um, it's a hugest decision for the homeowner. So the follow-up is game is huge. Absolutely. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And no, I think there has to be a balance too, because that's the other thing I see is, and for me, it's happened is sometimes we'll focus way more on follow up than we should. Um, like, for example, I would be out, um, you know, in a neighborhood and I'm like, uh, you know, it's super hot today. It's my feet are killing me. I'm just going to go follow up with leads. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you shouldn't really do that. Like, right. I mean, you should have time that's dedicated for follow up, but it should never be like, oh, you know what? I'm uh, too hot out here. I'm just going to go follow up. I think that's where reps make the mistake too is spending too much. So it needs to be dedicated time. And then what Brant helps you do is set up systems so like you don't have to do much follow up. So with his processes, you can spend, I don't know, maybe an hour a week and then just have systems and automatic things in place to where they're going to be following up without having you having to lift a finger So I think that's another huge key with it is just making sure you figure out some type of system. And, uh, you know, I know Brant has virtual assistants. I've got a virtual assistant too that can help with a lot of processes like that. Nice. So, yeah, I think that's a big key in it just maximizing your efficiency and not like having it just be a thing that you do just when you're too tired to be out, you know, in appointments or hustling on doors and everything, you know?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And it's the reason why whenever, excuse me, Whenever I'm consulting, I, I typically push my client to create a scope of work. I mean, I create it for them from what they, they tell me for the most part. But what that is, is it's it's a couple things. It's categorizing the activities throughout the day. So what you just went through, follow-up and actual prospecting. And and then it's giving a, a schedule to it, right? So some of the ones that I've heard that work really well is like a morning schedule from like ten to so prospecting from ten to twelve and then you got the hardest the hottest part of the day from like 12 to three. And so yeah. you may do your follow-up game in there and then go to lunch. And then like from four to eight, you're prospecting because that's prime time, yeah. right? So whenever you're, you know, if you're selling B2B, your prime time is during business hours, right? So whenever your prime time is, that's, that shouldn't be your follow-up time. Whenever you get the most activities out of your customers, that should be the time that you're prospecting. And, yeah. and then when you have the least activity, out of customers or potential clients, that's the time that you're you're doing your follow-up game for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's huge
1: setting the schedule with it for sure. And then sticking to it. Because awesome. so many guys like to adjust their schedule when things get hard.
0: So, mm-hmm. so I, I got to imagine with the amount of people that you're recruiting right now, you're getting some attrition or you keep that pretty low. What's your strategy there? Uh,
1: no, yeah. I mean, there's always attrition. For sure, you know you know how it is door to door. That's a huge part of door to door is the attrition. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think for us, it's just like we've just learned now that you got to learn to just let go, let guys go quick if they're not going to commit to you know certain things within your company. It's really it's just going to hurt your culture more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can bring guys on and you can babysit, but I've done that whole game too just to bring on guys that are you know content with working like maybe 10 hours a week maybe they'll get like one deal a month it's like dude um yeah you're certain that's kind of the curse of solar too right is Mm -hmm. even one deal a month yeah you still can make decent money doing
0: doing yeah that's definitely better than (laughs) some people yeah
1: (laughs) so that's what's like kind of tough with solar is guys it's so easy to get complacent just with the crazy amount of money that can be made in solar Uh uh-huh and so, yeah, I think it's just for you know people building teams, which I know is kind of the focus of your podcast, Doug. Just mm-hmm. learning um, those boundaries to set. You know, any successful company I see, they're like, if guys aren't sticking within their levels, they're uh, they're letting them go, right? And so, something we've started implementing at uh, Future Home right now is guys they have to work from uh, two to eight. like right? knock their first door before two, mm-hmm. knock their last door after eight. They have to do 30 minutes of sales training every day, whether it's a book or you know podcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, they need to attend all the meetings. Maybe it's just three, but uh, anyways, doing those three things—that's kind of what we set in place. And um, you know, if guys don't do that, it's like, look, man, we can't we can't keep just keep doing that because that's what leads to successful um, teams. Is guys following those um, kind of those what do you call it? Those uh, checkpoints, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just say that. Just, um, yeah, there's going to be attrition, but I think if you got to be quicker, just put some type of, like, standards in place. And that way it's, like, not just guessing, oh, this guy, he's doing okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, okay, if he's not doing at least this, then we need at least have a sit down and have a talk. If he's still not going to do it, then, all right, we just, it's not going to work. Because especially if you're building a large team, like, it's, it's impossible to focus on all these guys. And then uh, it just hurts the culture because people are like, oh, uh, Doug, he, he was out, a, he got one deal on the week. Then he was, uh, he only went out like working one hour the rest of the days. Mm-hmm. And then guys see that, especially of like higher level guys doing that. And then mm-hmm. it just kind of hurts the whole team. So, yeah, I think that's uh, super important. you just setting some type of standards, especially for, I don't know, if people are doing set or closer. You got to have that, especially within your setters, because they're the ones that are going out on the doors every day. Um, you know, car groups are a big thing, too. Daily meetings
0: have really helped our culture. So
1: things like that, I would say for sure.
0: And I'm glad you I'm glad you said that <laughs> baby in the background.
1: Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I text man. my life.
0: wife, tell him to <laughs>
1: control that beast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the future, future beast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's part of life, man. It's no big deal. Um, our listeners definitely understand, you know, most of the people that I've talked to that listen to the podcast all have kids, you know, so when we bring that subject up and kind of incorporate it into running a business or a sales team, it's, it's part of it, man. Um, (laughs) so going back to what you said, uh, you were talking about, uh, the minimum standards is, is what I call them basically. And what I notice is your minimum standards are based on actions, not results, right? Which... Uh, I had a podcast with Mike Claudio, and he's a he's a badass sales trainer, and he, now he's a business coach. Um, and he talked about how, it, in any type of minimum standards, he always does it off of actions, right? Because actions are attainable, no matter the result, right? No matter the talent level, no, whatever the case is, uh, somebody can go out and hit seventy doors a day. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't take a whole lot of talent in order to do that, right? Or they can go out and work a certain schedule, like you said, two to six. They can do thirty minutes of sales training every day. Which I really like. I you know, we have a daily sales meeting, but the idea so that sales training that they're doing every day that's on their own? Or is that like a virtual sales training like door to door university or um Noxstar Is one of those guys?
1: Um yeah, it's just on their own. Some guys have that, but really it's just like whether it's a book, whether it's a podcast you listen okay. to we just have them do some type of sales training for 30 minutes and just, again, try to get in that growth mindset.
0: Mm-hmm. That's kinda, is that, is that like a scouts honor type deal or do you have them send it to you, whatever they did that day? Um,
1: yeah, it's, I guess right now it's kind of a scouts honor thing, but, um,
0: that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we, there, there comes a certain point where we can't treat reps like kids, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> when I first started out, of course I was like 23, 24 years old. So my, my thought was always to micromanage everything. Right. And then as yeah. I started recruiting higher, uh, bigger and bigger talent, then obviously then, you know, yeah. the higher performer they are, the less they need to be micromanaged. And I enjoy that a lot more. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And it's like, at the end of the day, we're all 1099s. Like really yeah. it's our home business. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. You get, you, you can't babysit too much. You can't micromanage too much. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be kind of the balance of it. And yeah, they've got to hit their numbers and all that, but at the same time, if they're not producing, I mean, really just comes back to them. Everyone's going to produce, I, I guess there's maybe, maybe a rare exception where guys are working the hours and not producing. Right. But the most part, if they're working the hours, if they are following the systems and they're going to get the results, right? Just like if you have your uh, fishing rod in the in the water long enough, you're going to catch the fish. Yeah. So that's kind of what it's about with them is just getting to recognize that and do that. and know just lead them but don't micromanage them either
0: so one of the things i always say is i'd rather have 10 average salespeople than you know have a team with like two all-stars that do all the production and you know eight people that are just trying to be like the all-stars you know and it's it's because the average guys probably took a while to even get to average right and, and yeah. I think, I think your story is a great example of that. Cause when you started out in 16, you said you just weren't good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. Most, most guys in solar weren't right. It's especially yeah. back then. Cause y'all had a lot of disadvantages. I mean, there's a lot of education out there on solar now, but back then there, there wasn't yeah. much, you know? And so you guys are some of the originals, but, um, anyways, but those, those 10 that get to average, you know, I, I, I love average salespeople. Because I can scale that so easily. I can't go out and find uh, a Taylor Armstrong every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but, but people that can you know, have the work ethic and they have good core values, I can teach them how to sell. You know what I mean? I can yeah. lay out a training program for them and have a trainer train them. You know what I'm saying? And so that, that's a lot, there's a lot more control around that at a high level. I like what you said about the 1099 guys too. You know what I mean? They are. They're running their own businesses. You know, and what I always tell my 1099 1099 guys is, look, these are the actions that you need to take in order to be successful. And if you Mm -hmm. don't take them, I can tell you right now, you won't be successful. And if you're not successful, then you're not going to be on the team very long. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So there's two things I need. Action or results. Right? If you're bringing the results and you're not a cancer to the team, kind of like you said, that one person that's not putting in the work and only signing one deal a month, um, yeah. and and you're not a cancer to the team, then I'm not going to get on to you about the action because you're bringing in the results, you know. But yeah. they typically don't, you know. Somebody can't bring in results unless they they put in the the work and the action, right? And so yeah. I I know that if if all of a sudden they're getting all these sales and I'm not seeing them out in the field or seeing their production or seeing them fill out. You know, we call them baseball cards, where they 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 mark off how many doors they knocked and conversations, and you know, go nice. through the whole pipeline. Um, yeah. If they're not turning those in, typically in the past, those guys are typically doing some type of fraud. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> and we yeah. see all these results come in. All of a sudden, they're getting all these sales. Like, wait a second, <laughs> That's, we need to <sighs> yeah. we need to run an audit on this guy right away. So, look out for that, guys. Yeah. That does happen sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. let me ask you. For sure. um, as a top performer, you know what I mean? You're still on the doors, you're still training, you're still recruiting, you're still pr- putting in what I'm guessing is, you know, 50 plus hours a week. Um, mm-hmm. How are you doing that and managing, not managing, uh, being there for your family at the same time? Kind of walk us through that that balance or lack of balance. You know what I mean? I, I always say it comes in seasons, you know, yeah. to like the first uh, the second quarter of this year, I was traveling like crazy. I think I I had seven or eight weeks in a row where I was traveling. SolarCon was one of those weeks. And so I was just telling my family, this is just a season. Q2, big travel month for whatever reason. Q3, no more travel. It's just, you know, once a month on my usual flying Fridays to Apex. So it was a season, right? So kind of how do you approach that?
1: Um, No, I agree 100% with that. And um, yeah, that might've been something I heard from, Ryan Steumann do actually his podcast just kind of that whole season mm-hmm. it's just because I think I've seen him post about that too. It's just like date nights with his wife, with his wife on Friday. I'm mm-hmm. um, not wife's but wife. <laughs> <laughs> He's not from Utah or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I think, yeah, just exactly like you're saying, you just got to do the seasons with it. And it's yeah. something I'm still trying to figure out, to be honest. Um, like I'm not perfect at it, but yeah, we've, uh, super high level guys. That's pretty much what I'm seeing is they're all trying to have one night a week where it's like date night. Right. Mm -hmm. So for us, Friday night, we're always trying to get the babysitter and go do something even for just an hour or two. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like having one day. Well, yeah, I know Sundays I'm not like focusing at all. Sundays is just church and family. Right. So that day I'm trying to not answer texts and something that I'm trying to improve. I'm not perfect at this, but Mm -hmm. really just, when I'm not working, when I'm at home, just trying to like put work off the side. Cause I think so many of us, we're still getting maybe texts from customers. We're mm-hmm. still managing accounts and everything. And I noticed more and more, just even I uh, look back like four months ago, that was, I was home and I was like with my kids, but I was still just like yeah. um, answering customers. I was still responding, like updating accounts and everything. So for me, that's one of the biggest things that I'm working, right? Not perfect right now, but I'm working to change just when I get home after 8 o'clock or whatever, after my last appointment of the day, I'm getting home and then I'm just turning the work brain off and just stepping into a different role, right? So. I don't know. Some guys, I think I heard one guy like has a different hat that he puts on, like a physical hat that he puts on when, when he gets home that like that's, reminds him no that he's joke. like, okay, this is, this is dad time or whatever, right? Yeah. Or This is husband time or this is boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. I'm mm-hmm. um, just stepping in all those different roles. So yeah, I think that's the key with it is yeah. Number one, just realizing there's different seasons, just like you said, Doug, sometimes you're traveling a ton. Sometimes maybe you're in a competition. And just set the expectations like, hey, honey, I'm going to be doing this competition for the next two weeks or a blitz, right? Um, can you support me in this? Because that's one of the biggest things that I did not do starting out is you didn't set the expectations. So just like when we're setting the expectations with customers, hey, this is the process mm-hmm. of solar, this is how it's going to go. If I can set the expectation with my wife, hey, um, monthly planning, um, I'm going to be gone the 20th through the 22nd for solar con or for whatever it is um, then she's not going to be all, well, if I explained that to her before, she can't be all pissed when I'm like getting ready to head out the door. It's like Mm -hmm. I told you, right? So I think that's the huge key is just, uh, figuring out doing your planning sessions, getting on the same page as far as dates, as far as what's going to happen. And then, um, yeah, trying to have, you know, whether if you have the time trying obviously your date night, and then, um, just planning, at least one day i would say i know some some guys will hustle 24 7 all day long so i'm not one of those guys <laughs> yeah. i'm the family guy that got the kids and all that right but just uh, whatever you're doing figuring out the time you're going to dedicate um to the family and then to the wife those relationships because i mean for me that's you know more important than selling the solar deals that's why some of these guys that are single like we've got a guy on our team that's a single, right? He's, I think, he has a girlfriend, but he's done like 150 deals this year already. Oh wow! And so, um, I'm like, I'm just accepting. I'm like, all right, I'm never gonna be that good because, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not gonna work well, as much as he is. And and uh, but yeah, just figuring that out and figuring out what your core values are and scheduling it out. I think for sure.
0: Man, I I, I was how old are you, Taylor? I'm 28. Yeah, dude, you got more figured out by 28 than I had at 33, brother. So you're a way ahead of the curve. Um, There's a lot of, you know, there there is a strategy and systems behind um, being a good father, being a good husband, being a good man. Right. And you just, you just nailed like three or four of them. Right. So like, like you talked about setting the expectation and then the planning sessions. Right. So sitting your family down at the dinner table and you know, my, my kids are older you know, so they, they understand a little more. I, I think yours are younger. It sounded like, how old are
1: yours? Yeah, I got two and a half and five months. Okay, no. two and a
0: half and five months. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not ready for their, them scream. they're not ready for dad's master plan yet. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I did, I sat him down at the table one day and I told him, look, this is why I'm going to be traveling so much. This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. And this is my plan for everything. Right. And then I also did the same thing with Alicia on one of our, uh, one of our trips. And, um, you know, it, it's something that I learned from Ryan Stoumen again. Um, at the end of every year, you, you do, you do a vacation, just you two. You know what I mean? Whether it's an overnight, whatever you can do, right. Even if it's a day trip, uh, and you sit down over a meal and you start planning out the next year. And kind of your vision for the next year, for her, her vision for herself, yours for yourself, and then y'all's together, right? And um, so, Alicia, my fiance, knows that I want to build up the company to a hundred six figure earners. That's my goal. I want a hundred six figure earners because I've, I've had a hundred and ten reps before, but our average income per rep was forty three grand. So that was just. That was like five years ago too. So that, you know, that was actually really good, but I kind of wanted to step it up, right? Yeah. And and then the other vision is is a 100-acre ranch in Divine, Texas. And so um, you get the personal one and the business one, and she understands both, so she knows when I'm traveling like crazy or I'm working late at the office or I'm doing a podcast with Taylor. You know, it's all part yeah. of that, right? Right. And, and the other thing he said is being able to – be present when you're home, you know, that's, that's yeah. a huge deal. Cause there's a lot of dads and fathers and boyfriends that are home every night. Right. And, um, they're there physically, but they're not there up here. Like you said, they're on right. TikTok or they're at work or, you know what I mean? They're dreaming about a life that they don't have instead of being present right. and sewing into the one that they do have, you know, yeah. that's a huge deal. So I, I would say you got a lot figured out, brother. You're already way ahead of the curve. And I think it really is because of that that growth mindset that you have and that you obviously had some great influences early on in Bennett and Brent and Earl uh, and uh, kind of being able to learn from them kind of shaped who you are today. So very, uh, very impressed at your age that you got that much figured out, brother. So don't downplay yourself. You're, you're, you're doing great. <laughs> Yeah,
1: well, no, easier said than done because yeah, I still and I think it happens to all of us. We still catch ourselves watching the TikTok videos oh, at yeah. home and, and everything. So,
0: oh yeah, it happens to it's me like, too, and that's the problem with like, okay, so you know we have something in Apex called building your machine, and so you oh, yeah. have to be on social media to do that. But then all of a sudden, yeah. instead of writing a post, you're you know scrolling everybody else's, and then you realized you've been home for thirty minutes and you had to do yeah. your post, but you could have put the phone down and gone and hung out with the kids or made dinner for the family, whatever the case is. So you're, yeah. you're a hundred percent right. It's easy to get caught on that real quick for sure. Yeah,
1: I know. Yeah. It's cool to have like the, you know, the iPhones they tell you at the end of the week, how much time mm-hmm. you spent and everything. So sometimes you'll get, that's uh, kind of nice to see. Oh, wow. I just spent eight hours, eight hours a day literally on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like All right, I'm going to go see what's, going on with it. So yeah, that's why I think planning so important too, is you kind of go through all that and mm-hmm. you're tracking, you're measuring adjust, and adjusting and just trying to make improvements. So no Absolutely. one's going to be perfect at it, but you just try to, you, if you're not tracking it, you can't really make improvements. So try uh, to track it and make adjustments for sure.
0: That's a great point. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast. I, I think you gave our listeners an insight to how to build a company around a top performer, and then also how to recruit top performers, and then how to help your top performers kind of manage this thing called life. You know what I mean? Uh, we have really started instituting that in our culture in the last six months, talking about things like the G Code app, that's another one of Ryan Stuman's deals, and Andrew is 75 Hard, just yeah. helping our guys kind of dial things in and understand. And then also our core values you know, that they should transfer over into your personal life. You know, one of our core values is operate with integrity. Right. Yeah. And so um, we've really been trying to instill that in yeah. our people. And we feel like we're getting it, it. The cream is rising to the top and the the people that align with that are, are sticking around and uh, willing to go through the hard times and stuff like that. So it's been really good. But again, cool. thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I think we're going to wrap things up here. Did you have anything else you wanted to cover?
1: No, I think that's pretty much it. Just uh, appreciate it coming on the show. And um, yeah, you got a great podcast, <laughs> Doug. So excited to see where where it takes you. And um, yeah, it's been fun going on. So I think mean, just staying consistent and making improvements, it's kind of been a, a theme that's just worked for me. So I would say that's kind of a takeaway for all the listeners. Try to just do that and you'll uh, go pretty far, I think.
0: So appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Taylor. Let's get building. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.